Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week, our radio preacher, Pastor Tim Butker, continues his series, The Roman Road, with today's message, The Mission, The Resistance, The Calling. Well, good morning and welcome to the CC Broadcast. We are so glad to have you with us today as we turn towards the Lord in worship and praise and open His Word and invite Him to speak to us by the power of His Spirit in a way that only He can. As we move towards the Easter celebration of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, we continue our journey through Romans, Paul's letter to the believers in Rome. And we find ourselves today in Romans chapter 3. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this chance to come before you in worship and praise and to open your word and by the power of your spirit, let it speak to us. Give us ears to hear what you have to say to us and turn our hearts toward you in worship and praise that we might honor you in spirit and in truth. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Almighty fortress is our God.
In our journey through Paul's letter to the believers in Rome, we have come through his description of all the different facets of sinfulness that humanity can present. And now we find ourselves in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, where Paul pens these words. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Paul is now turning to a description of the good news of Christ. We read also today in Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. And he, Jesus, began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he, Jesus, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross. And follow me, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? Or what can a man give in return for their soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in glory, the glory of his Father and the holy angels. Jesus, thy blood and righteousness My beauty are my glorious dress Midst flaming worlds in these array with joy shall I
Thy precious blood, which at the mercy seat of God forever doth for sinners plead for me, him for my soul was shed. work our way through Paul's letter to the believers in Rome, we experience a great amount of angst as we listen to the first three chapters, and we see the sinfulness of humanity, the rebellious sinfulness of humanity, the pompous sinfulness of humanity, the religious pride, the religious superiority that can take hold in humanity. And all of this sinfulness can be overwhelming, and I think Really, Paul intends it to be that way for us, so that we will look outside of ourselves for help, for the rescue that we need. And that's exactly where Paul goes as he unfolds the bad news in contrast to the coming good news that he's now turning the corner towards in Romans chapter 3. And of course, the summary of all this beginning description of sin is in the statement Romans 3.23 when he says, for all have sinned, all, everyone, that's you that's me, every human being who's ever lived from Adam forward, whether they're a political leader, a religious leader, a pope, a pastor, a priest, every one of us have sinned and missed the mark, fallen short of the glory of God, and, he says then, are justified freely, made right freely by God's grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. He's turning the corner to the good news. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans 3, he says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. And he did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. As we're heading towards the Easter celebration in the entirety of Christendom around the world, We remind ourselves at this time of the passion of the Christ, the the mission of Christ. And in our text today, we also see not only was he on mission and intentionality, but there was resistance to this mission, this purpose of redemptive work in the world. There's resistance. And then there's also a calling in it. And we see this clearly in our gospel. So let's let's look at Mark chapter 8, verse 31, where it says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. There he is, Jesus plainly saying to his disciples, his followers, before he was crucified, exactly what was going to happen. He was describing to them his mission, his purpose, the intentionality of what he was doing. He was going to suffer many things, 
be rejected by the elders and the chief priests, the religious leaders of the day. He knew exactly what was going to happen, the scribes, and he was going to be killed. And after three days, he said, rise again. And the scripture says, Mark pens it this way, he said this to them plainly so they could understand it, so they could grasp it. When I was younger, a song came out and was written by Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith, and it was called Secret Ambition. And part of the lyrics in that song go like this, nobody knew his secret ambition. Nobody knew his claim to fame. He broke the old rules steeped in tradition. He tore the holy veil away, questioning those in powerful position, running to those who called his name. But nobody knew his secret ambition was to give his life away. And even when he told his closest followers exactly what was going to happen, his purpose for being here, the surrendering of his life, and then the demonstration of his power over the grave, even they didn't believe him. They didn't like the news. But he honestly didn't always keep it a secret. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, we see Matthew recording for us that Jesus said this, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, a payment for many. The wage of sin is death, and he came to pay that wage for you and I. Luke records it this way, the mission of Christ, why he came among us, why he was sent here, Luke 9:51. As the time approached for him, Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Some versions say he set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. He turned towards Jerusalem where he knew he was going to be rejected, despised, whipped, beaten, crushed, and crucified. And that's why he came. That was his mission, to give his life as a ransom for many. I am just wanting to remind you today about this this great mission of God in the world, the redemptive work of God in the world. And so our gospel reading says he began to teach them, his, his followers, what was going to happen and how he was going to be killed and then rise again. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. I wonder, have you ever rebuked God for something he's doing or something you can see unfolding around you in the world? Have you ever tried to tell God that what he's doing may be wrong? That's what Peter's doing here. He's telling the great I am, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the one who came among us to serve us. He's telling him he shouldn't do it. He's rebuking him. You're wrong, Jesus. That shouldn't happen. You, You should stay away from Jerusalem. And as Jesus was paying attention to what was happening here, Mark says, he turned and he saw his other disciples there. And what did he do? The great I am corrected a human being, Peter, a follower of his. He rebuked him. And he did it quite sternly. He said to him, get behind me, Satan. Now, what's happening here is we're getting a glimpse into the unseen. Friends, I want to remind you, When we're talking about Jesus and his work in the world, it's a spiritual work. It's an unseen work. Now, if we were there in the flesh, we could have seen Jesus like they did. We we could have seen him go to the cross. We could have seen him absorb the lashes. Physically, he was here and he did this. But the work behind the scenes going on, Jesus is paying for the spiritual debt of humanity that has been racked up by our sins against a holy God. And as he went to that cross, he he not only physically died, he absorbed the punishment or the wrath of God for all those who would believe. 
The wrath was put on him, and he absorbed it. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, the scripture said. And on his way there, there was resistance, the scripture says. Peter tried to stop him. But inside Peter, there was a a spiritual work going on, and Jesus knew it. And so he said to Peter, he didn't even address Peter. He rebuked Peter and said to him, get behind me, Satan. And why? Because Peter did not have his mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Here's a couple observations. We're in a spiritual war between good and evil, and God's purposes and the devil's desire to not have God's purposes for creation accomplished. There's a spiritual war going on behind the scenes. But it's not just between God and the devil, good and evil. It's also between our human flesh, the sinfulness that we have as human beings, and the Holy Spirit's work in us. And Peter right here, he has his mind set not on the things of God, but on the things of man, the things of flesh. If you get into Romans 8, you'll see that the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace, but the mind controlled by the flesh is a mind controlled by selfishness and greed, and it leads us down the pathway of greater and greater disappointment in life. And so, Jesus is correcting one of his closest followers, Peter, here, who's been influenced by Satan in his flesh, and he doesn't even know it. We're in a season of Lent in Christianity around the world. It's a 40-day period leading up to Easter. And in this period, it's a time when we're working to emphasize God's purposes and his plans in the world and de-emphasize our temptations to the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes. And it's a season where we, where we work to limit the luring power of the things of this world in our flesh, in our hearts, and accentuate the spiritual, the unseen work of God. It's known as a season of fasting or self-denial. It's a, it's a time when believers around the world engage in the spiritual discipline of restraining themselves from certain normal, even fleshly desires to emphasize the spirit within us. It's a spiritual discipline of disengagement. And there are both kinds of disciplines, disengaging disciplines and then engaging disciplines, engaging in prayer, engaging in reading God's word and listening to teaching about engaging in fellowship and worship, or disengaging, fasting from almost anything. And people can fast from anything that seems to have mastery over them or control over them. A lot of times people say, oh, that doesn't have any control over me until they try to stop doing it. And then they see the power of the flesh. And what's happening here is Jesus is restraining himself to head to the cross to accomplish his mission in the salvation in the world. And Peter's flesh gets in the way, tempted by the evil one. And so now Jesus begins to do some teaching around this, to emphasize the spiritual. It's appropriate at this time of Lent. Calling the crowd to himself and his disciples, he said to them, now here it is, friends, the mission the resistance, there's resistance to God's work in the world. And now here it is, the calling. If we want to walk with Jesus, now he's called the crowds to himself and the disciples to him, and he says to them, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. I want you to see the three stages of the calling. The first one is deny yourself. Anyone who says Christianity doesn't involve dying to yourself is missing the mark. It's the very first thing Jesus says to us about following him. 
This is self-denial. This is restraint, not in some legalistic way to, to punish ourselves. This is denying ourselves the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the heart, so that we can focus on the greater unseen work going on in the world. All of the temptations of the world can be such a distraction from the true purposes of God. I mean, you see this all through the scriptures. God said very clearly, the wealthier you are, the more money you have, the harder it is because of all the distractions and the pleasures and the comforts and all this, the harder it is to get into the work of the kingdom of God. This world has so much tantalizing, luring effects on us, and we have to separate ourselves from it somehow. And the season of Lent is a time for us to evaluate ourselves, deny ourselves in honor of the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert, denying himself and being engaged in prayer, obviously meditating on God's word, God's revelation to us. Jesus doing this in honor of him doing this. He calls us to do it, deny ourselves, take up our cross, be willing to go through the suffering of denying ourselves to follow him. And then he continues, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels, they'll save it. Somehow, mysteriously, in God's economy, this is the pathway to our real selves, our real life, vibrant, living, true inspiration, true passion, being caught up in the supernatural, de-emphasizing the natural, and then the Spirit of God stirring in us, the supernatural life in us. So we reflect in our unique ways the, the very light of God. And so calling to the crowd and with his disciples, he said, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Whoever will save their life will lose it. Whoever loses it for my sake will find it. And now a few questions. For what does it profit a man if they get all this in this world, gain the whole world, all the luxury, all the pleasures, anything this world has to offer, and yet forfeit their soul? What does it profit a man? What can a man give in exchange for? for their soul. Nothing. See, this is the pathway to eternal life, friends. Through Jesus, salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. You can have the whole world and enjoy it in this life, and it'll be ripped away from you in the end. And if you don't have him, if you don't know his redemptive work, the forgiveness of sins through his shed blood, which Romans clearly tells us is received by faith in Jesus Christ. What have you profited? Nothing. And then he goes even farther. Not only can you get lost in this world and miss out on eternal riches, but he says this, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of that person, of him, will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Friends, this whole life is a preparation for eternity. And as we come towards Easter in the Lenten season, it's a time to remind ourselves of this. Deny ourselves. Do do these spiritual disciplines, not to harm ourselves, but to accentuate the spiritual life inside of us. So I ask you today, are are you personally, by your own choice, restraining the lusts of your flesh in any way, the desires of your flesh in any way, to draw closer to God, to be able to hear him better, to to find more of his life in your life. In the end, he's told us so clearly, this is where life is found.
I mean, he is our light. In him we live and move and have our being. He had a mission. There's resistance against it. And he gave us a calling in this mission. I hope you're hearing him calling you today. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for recording these words for us. Thank you for sending your son. And even even as Paul wrote to the believers in Rome, there's a redemption that came by Christ Jesus when, he, when God presented him as a sacrifice or atonement through the shedding of his blood. And we're, he's to be received by faith. If anyone is listening out there today and they haven't opened their heart to you, by faith receive Jesus. Help them to do that now. Thank you for this time, Lord. Give us a greater hunger for you and less hunger for the things of this world that we could shine more brightly for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Jesus said that if I thirst, I should come to him. No one else can satisfy, I should come. Jesus said, if I am weak, I should come to him. No one else can be my strength, I should come to him. For the Lord is good and faithful, he will keep us day. Jesus strong and kind
Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website christiancrusaders.org or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.